Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Of course, this episode dedicated, not dedicated, or we'll be focusing on, of course, the 61st annual 2019 Daytona 500, the great American race. And boy, we hope it is, isn't it? Jeff Orlowski. Yeah, we hope it's a little bit more exciting than the clash, a lot more exciting than the duels. Something perhaps like the truck race last night. Well, we're going to talk about that too. There's, you know, this is one of these weekends where there's just so much to talk about. You don't know where to start. But since you mentioned the trucks, I guess we should mention the trucks, shouldn't we? That was a heck of a race. It was a heck of a race. Um, left me a little frustrated with the winner. Just because, uh, well, any anybody who's a long-time listener to the show will know my disdain for blocking. And it's unfortunate with plate racing, that's pretty much what it's become. Yeah. Just blocking. Just getting in front of each other. And what does that cause, Jeff? Accidents. Yeah, lots of them. How many cars we had? Trucks, I should say, running at the end of the race last night? Nine. Nine. And how many did we start? 32. We started with 32. Yeah, lots of trucks. Uh, so one, basically one-fourth finished. Yeah, yeah. They uh, bid an early farewell last night. It's not like we were blowing up motors or anything. And No. No, no. Uh, Natalie Decker had that tire incident. That's a funny. In- it, it, I got a funny story on that. So I did a little, uh, little posting on the Facebook page, uh, TFI, the final inspection p- uh, page on Facebook. Please make sure you like it, please. And I put a little thing in Natalie Decker. We get a lot of stuff from her. We had her on the show last year in that. So we get a lot of stuff from the Deckers in that. And a nice little shot of her with the Arca car and the truck car. Nice shot, and then her in the middle. And I put that up there and, you know, with, uh, you know, good luck to our Wisconsin truck drivers tonight, uh, Johnny Sauter and Natalie Decker. And I'm watching, I got FS1 on, but as usual, as I start, usually I start behind. Yeah, you, I do too. You know, so you kind of catch up and usually, sometimes you, you're live at the start of the race, sometimes it's a little bit after, but I get text from my wife who's at the bar picking up dinner. Oh my God, what happened to Nellie <laughs> Oh no. Steve Jinkster. Ah. But yeah, it was in, both teammates have flat tires on basically the first lap. And uh, uh, David Gilliland makes it back to uh, uh, the pit road, and Natalie does, but unfortunately, hers was ripping apart everything on the left front, including the oil line. 
So she had an oil line fire that, and it, that was the big thing. Like we, I saw more more oil fires last night uh, that I've seen in a long time at, at, at a racetrack. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if NASCAR can address that or if they do some more shielding or something of those uh, oil lines that are constantly getting ripped off, especially at Daytona. But yeah, frustrating night for her, and uh, I'm sure I think her luck will improve and at least it has to because they had her listed as 32nd and last last night but hopefully things will improve for her next week at atlanta but the truck race austin hill and uh is your winner and you know i i i do got to give him a little bit of kudos jeff you know you gotta i would gotta, hope so you, you gotta support those uh chunky race car drivers oh yeah yeah he uh <laughs> Him getting in and out of that car looked like me trying to get in and out of a convertible. It, it you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But uh, he's yes. not he's not fat, but he's definitely not Joey Logano. No, he's he's a he's a large human, and, uh, and we root for those guys. So congratulations to him. Um, you know, it, it's of course he you know, he took over that ride, and, and the reason why he took over that ride. Is because he is he has he brought some money with him, and that's kind of the name of the game, unfortunately, in the truck series. But uh, good to see Johnny Sauter, who actually lost his ride because of basically the same reason, and uh, he's back in the thirteen with Thor Sport. So I'm sure his luck will improve. Overall, any other uh, thoughts on the truck race? Yeah, I uh, you know. Not like you. I don't mind blocking. I think it's great. I think that uh, Austin Hill, you know, he did one heck of a job. And it looked like he was able to sit there and basically know which way he had to go to block Enfinger that entire last lap. I thought for sure he was going to drop him. I did too, but, you know, it seemed like Hill was a half a second quicker Mm -hmm. Then Enfinger knew where he was going, when he was going there, and just went will, a half second early. I will credit him for that. Yeah, that was he did he did a yeoman's job, and you know he proved himself to be an, you know, a, a decent driver for that for that truck. So yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, I I like the race. I think you know I think that it's uh, you you know anytime that you hear nascar claim you know that they're changing the rules uh to as a cost-cutting measure yeah, for race concern, teams yeah. when you sit there and we all saw the the melee thank you jimmy johnson created at the clash we all saw you know last night where basically 70 percent of the field gets wiped out before the checkered flag during the truck race at daytona so you see these guys just sitting there and, you know, the all these teams are just losing tons of money on these restrictor plate tracks. And then NASCAR wants to play all high and mighty and make stupid moves and claim it's, it's to save money. That I just don't buy. But I will give a tip of the hat. I felt bad for Matt Crafton last night. I thought that might have been his shot. Uh, his truck just didn't hold up at the end. Uh Timothy Peters, I thought, you know, had a chance at the end, too. His battered truck ended up coming home seventh. Angela Ruck. 
Uh, somebody, yeah, some people might not recognize. Who's Angela Ruck? Well, you may recognize her name uh, as her previous name, from her previous name, Angela Cope. Yeah, she is the niece of Derek Cope. Her and her sister uh, ran a bunch of, uh, or quite a few uh, truck races, and and back then the, I guess the Bush, Bush racing back in the early 2000s, and this was her first race, and I think since 2010 or 2011, and uh, but she, she good strategy, just well, and she was, I mean, she was running up in front like the second two thirds of the race. But then the last a few restarts, I don't know if she was having issues or what, or maybe the crew just said, you know what, why don't you just stick in the back because you're, you're going to get a top 10 finish no matter what. So why take why chance tearing up the truck? An eighth place finish for her. She led a couple laps. Uh, you know, congratulations. And and Brett Moffitt, who, who uh, Hill took over for, of course, was a champion last year and was released from that ride. Thankfully, he's he's with uh, is a GMS racing, I believe. And, uh, um, you know, had a very, very fast truck got caught up in one of the accidents when he got a penalty for uh, that, that the two-truck draft, which I thought was eh, a little shaky, with uh, Sheldon Creed, who's another interesting story. It'll be fun watching him throughout the season in the trucks. Yeah, it uh, – another, was... another big boy, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were so many good stories coming out of this truck race last night, and I was sitting there – uh, I started it late, went out to a, uh, you know, went out to dinner with the wife and the kids last night, kind of did the Valentine's Day thing a day late and um, got home, you know, trucks were already going, had it recorded. So it took me a while, then I had to put the kids to bed, all that. So I didn't finish until late. And then once I get done, I'm checking Twitter and there's, you know, there's all these guys. Oh, man, I I'm never watched a truck race before. They got a fan now and all this kind of stuff. It seemed like it, the the race last night was a, uh, a a very big positive for the truck series in general, and that, that is great. Well, we saw a lot of. I mean, it, we saw some decent racing. We saw it wasn't single file. We saw a lot of two abreast racing. A lot of uh, you know drivers going to the front, going to the back. There's some movement. You couldn't make passes. Yeah, and something that we weren't seeing on the previous racing. You know, with the more standard cars. And we, we've been saying for years on this show, you know, usually whether it's at Daytona, Talladega, you, you name it, Truck Series is probably going to be your best race of the weekend of the, of the three. Right. Yeah, it usually is. And uh, I just wish. Well, it, it, well, here's the other thing. I mean, there's a flip side on that. You know, of course, you, you had nine cars finished. But let, let's not forget it, it's become kind of what it should be. We're seeing a lot of younger drivers in the Truck Series something that we've been an advocate for mm -hmm. on this show. We had a couple of kids 18 years old in this race. So, I mean, it is, you know, we kind of always use the baseball moniker when we talk about the different series in the NASCAR ladder, which with would, would be uh, ARCA, kind of rookie instructional league, whatever you want to call it, and then the truck single A, uh, you know, Xfinity, triple uh, A, and then, of course, the Cup Series, you know, major league. So, you know, that way, I mean, these are guys still getting experience. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ARCA drivers that have ARCA experience that are kind of getting their series. And let, let's, let's be honest, these are young drivers and they're trying to make a name. So they're going to be making moves and whatnot. So, yeah. And then if you throw out Joe Nemechek, uh, right. the average age of the series drops by about 75 years. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> hey, front row Joe, it's a good scene, front row Joe. And he got, he got, uh, taken out one of those races. 
But, you know, Front Row Joe, now the 87 car or truck is going to be in most of the races, whether it's him or his son, it'll be in it. So, I mean, of course, in that that regard, you need that 87 in there just to keep the count up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it... uh I was I was entertained. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, you know, it does get tedious when there's just caution after caution after caution. You know, the uh, the last probably twenty laps, it seemed like it seemed like the last two minutes of an NBA game that went on for forty five minutes. But it, it was entertaining. I loved it. Great way to start the weekend. Hopefully, the Xfinity series this afternoon can sit there and live up to to the Truck series. And then hopefully uh, the Great American Race tomorrow, the same thing. Well, I mean, if you're if you're a racing fan, this is a, a great way to start off because okay, you can't make it down. You know, we we all have friends in in Daytona now in Florida. We'll be talking to one of them in the next hour, Eddie Lapine. But I mean, if you can't be in Florida where the weather is really peaking at the right time this weekend, uh, this ain't bad for race fans. You had you come, you work Thursday. Come home, watch qualifying races. Okay, it wasn't the greatest race, but you know, still racing on TV. Last night, you come home after your fish fry or whatever you're doing, and you, you watch the truck race. Fantastic! And then tonight, you know, this afternoon after the show, we got the Xfinity race on, and then yeah, like you said, tomorrow Daytona 500. There's lots of Daytona 500 parties out there. I'm going to one tomorrow, so looking forward to that. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I tell you what, let's go take a break here, and we'll talk about uh, final Daytona 500 practice. What happened today? And um, and we'll at the bottom of the hour we'll be talking with uh, Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media and uh, talking more with him and some other breaking news as we'll follow along here on the final inspection show brought to you by of course the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Final inspection show. I'm Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski talking NASCAR and Daytona this weekend. Great American race tomorrow. And uh, today we have the Xfinity series. And, of course, we have qualifying for that. But just bef- just after that, we had the final Daytona 500 practice. So before we get you the Xfinity results, we're going to take a look at what happened in final practice. And not a lot, was it? No. Happy hour wasn't the most thrilling. Uh only 21 cars went out. Yeah, but, you know, with how many cars, and that's why I think that the duels were so boring, is how many teams ripped up, you know, all their cars during the clash. And, you know, granted, they're different cars than right. 500 race cars, but still, that's big money. So I think that there was a lot of team owners that sat there and said, listen, you know, Daytona's the one race where if you qualify 40th, it makes no difference. Right. So you've got all day to get up to the front, and you can move forward and backwards very quickly. Well, and, and here's the other thing. How many of those taking times are actually working on qualifying setup? I mean, we know the Hendrick cars were because that's one thing they, they, they make an emphasis is making getting on that front row, which they've been very good at for the last four or five years. Yes. So, and we saw that this year. So 
you know, and there was a few that said, you know, well, you know, and they kind of hinted at it, at it. Yeah, we're just working primarily. We're working on a race package. So, and which, I mean, let's be honest, what's more important? Well, it's the race package. You betcha. And that's the one thing that makes me nervous because after uh, after the uh, first 125 on Thursday night, uh, they're interviewing Kevin Harvick in Victory Lane, and he sat there and he goes, I knew track position was key for this race. And it's like, oh, God, I hope. I hope they don't turn the great American race into a track position race where, you know, these guys are, are running, you know, just trying to, just trying to make sure that they pit at the right time to, to, to be up front towards the end when, you know, one of the most exciting races for me. And, you know, obviously I'm biased cause I'm a Kevin Harvick fan, but when Harvick won his Daytona 500 on the, he went from like seventh to first on that final lap. When everybody's wrecking behind him and Mark Martin was in the lead and the old guy is complaining after the race, oh, why didn't they throw a caution, Sonny? You know, but that final lap, Harvick passed like six or seven guys to take that checkered flag. That was awesome. And I hope that we get more of that unless, well, we got to be careful on when we pit and maybe only take two tires because... We have to stay out front at all costs. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention before I forget it. There's a familiar face, a very nice smiling face, uh, that is back on a race day at Fort Fox. Did you notice that? Well, uh, are you talking about Pistoni? No. Who are you talking about? Lindsay Zarniak. Oh, yeah, Lindsay, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have her back. Yeah. she was. She's great. She is. And, uh, of course, she was with ESPN for many years, even hosted the Indy 500 coverage a few years ago. And uh, and then her contract was not renewed. She, I guess she was part of that purge uh, about a year and a half ago at ESPN, and they've had multiple ones since. Uh, and uh, it's good to see that she found a spot uh, with Fox Sports 1 and on the NASCAR coverage. Enjoy her stuff. And Ricky Craven's over there. I don't know what your opinions on Ricky Craven is, but... You know, his I, I'll I don't hold any ill will with Ricky. That finish at Darlington with Kurt Busch was one of the one of the races I'll never ever forget. And um, so I, you know, on, on TV as an analyst, he's kind of boring, puts you to sleep a little bit. But uh, he's a little he's a little white bread. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah. you know, at least he doesn't sit there and go out of his way. 10 miles out of his way to praise every decision NASCAR makes, every decision. Well, he's pretty close, though. He does, but he's not he's, Michael Waltrip. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that in a second. Oh. Well, Michael Waltrip caught himself today. We'll talk about I want to come back. We're a circle around to back to White, Michael Waltrip. Okay. Because um, he's painful. Getting back, getting back to final practice. It was Michael McDowell. Uh, for those keeping track, was uh, the fastest. It was basically a two-car draft with uh, him and Ty Dillon that made them two the quickest. Um, Alex Bowman showed some speed. He's third quick, as did uh, William uh, Byron. Of course, it is Byron and, and Bowman, uh, the two on the front row, the two kids at Hendrick. And then fourth fastest was uh, another uh, rookie, Daniel Hemrick. And then rounding out the top ten was Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, Daniel Suarez, Jamie McMurray and Brad Keselowski. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking with David Land uh, coming up at the beginning of the second hour because uh, he's got some epic stuff with um, 
about Jimmy Johnson on his latest video on YouTube, which was uh, just made me smile. I was laughing. So, um, practice uh, only like I guess said twenty one of the forty uh, cars were the only ones, uh, and the most laps was sixteen with Kurt Busch. No incidents, but and we also had qualifying. For the Xfinity Series. Yeah, we sure did. Tyler Reddick. Yes. Tyler Reddick grabs the pole. Your buddy, Jeffrey Earnhardt, <laughs> starts second. What? Okay. Uh... Well, here's the deal. So, <laughs> Jeffrey Earnhardt, um, you know, thank God his name's Earnhardt. <laughs> uh, you know, he's had a reputation of wrecking a lot of cars, but God bless him. He found some sponsorship, whatnot. He's in the Xfinity Series. Fine. You know, uh, but... You know, if uh, he's not Dale, he's not even Dale Jr. Uh, and he he fought, he definitely follows his father, I think, for driving prowess. Uh, Is he so? Would you say he's like Dale the eighth or the twelfth, maybe? No, care. Uh, is it Kelly? Kelly? Who was his dad again? Kelly Carey. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, you know, but if you say you he's know. not senior, he's not junior. So yeah, maybe well, maybe he's Dale the 18th well anyways, twice removed. So you can kind of go about two tenths either way when you're qualifying. Mm-hmm. So Michael Waltrip, you know, Mister, uh, we just, I saw the Lego Movie last night. The first one or the yeah, second? Yeah, the first one. We're a little behind. That one's good. It was fun. It, it, it's just Susan had a hard time understanding the, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, anyways, so, you know, the, the, the little unicorn princess, what, what, mm-hmm. what's her name? Princess yes. fairy uni thing. Whatever. That's Michael Waltrip. Yeah. In when he does his NASCAR, everything, you know, sunshine and rainbows, sunshine and rainbows. So he, and he's just gushing. He's gushing over Jeffrey Arnhart. Oh my <laughs> God. It's all good. Oh, you stop passing. Ah, bah, 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 bah. Ah, bah, bah, bah. And so he's consistently saying, well, you can only pick up two tenths because the car, you know, you got to keep the car on the bottom. And if you don't, if you don't, you know, but if it's, and he's basically kind of saying, if you, the only way you can do that is if you screw up, screw up. So second round comes around, Earnhardt picks up like three, three plus tenths of a second. And he's like, I don't know how he did that. Well, I know he screwed up the first one. <laughs> yeah, hello. He made a mistake in the first one, and he actually put together a good lap, and that's why he was almost on the pole. Yeah, come on, Mikey. You know, <laughs> common sense, brother. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's... well. And then Susan's you know, like, why are you hitting the head against the wall? You know, but okay. It makes as it... frustrating as Wall Trip is, I do enjoy him. Because listening to Michael Waltrip makes me feel smart. <laughs> it does. So I, I do enjoy listening to him and and Daryl uh, because they make me feel smart. I you know they could they could. Uh, I, I'm not even gonna say it. Yeah. So um, I'll show self control. Um, Michael Annette, he was third. Michael Annette, yeah. Michael Annette from Iowa is, uh, is in the in the second row along with Justin Haley, Greg Alding in the Bobby Dodder car. Yeah, great run for him in fifth. Absolutely. Ross Chastain and then Chase Elliott and Ryan Sieg. I thought this was interesting. 
regarding, you know, I said, you know, we've been always kind of against the cup drivers, you know, switching, going over to the B series. What's kind of cool with this one, with the double duty drivers, well, there's only five of them. Well, and to Joe Public, there's basically only two, though. Right. Um, you got, of course, Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski is running the 12 Penske car, which is kind of going to be the, the car with the cup drivers uh, running a partial schedule throughout the year. Uh, the other ones, that, though, that are running is uh, Tyler Reddick, of course, uh, Ross Chastain, and um, uh, B.J. McLeod. So, but to Joe Public, you know, it's basically going to be, oh, yeah, we got Chase Elliott and Brad Keselowski. In the past, I think we had up to, like, about 12. Oh, and yeah. it really caused some confusion to some of the people, including uh, my dad back in the day, would be like, why are these guys in this? Is this the 500? It's like, no, this is... Uh, this is the, you know, the 300, uh, the, what was called the old modified race back in the day. <laughs> and now uh, it's like, no, no, they're running tomorrow. This is, no, this is, no, no, they're running it tomorrow. And, you know, because you'd be wondering why Ken Seth and all these guys were in the race. So Yeah. It, uh, you know, like you said, it, a heck of a run for Gray Galding. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be uh, rooting for him. Carrie Earnhardt. Yeah. Carrie Earnhardt. That's right. Saying. I knew it was a K. Uh, and I know it wasn't, it wasn't Kale. Well, I uh, whatever happened to Kale Gale? That was a kid who had some talent. Unfortunately, he could never put it together. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe they need to do a "Where is he now?" segment. Uh, oh, there's a lot of them. Oh, oh I've been. This has been in my pet pet story. Was doing a uh, these you know like developmental drivers. There is just a, a unfortunately a trash heap of uh, uh, developmental drivers sprinkled through the the short tracks of America that, that didn't make it. And, and, and in my opinion, in a lot of cases, didn't get a fair chance. You know, uh, you know, running eight races over a two-year period is not a way to develop a driver. You know? Right. And that's a lot of these drivers were, you know, never really got a, a decent, you know, shake of the dice, you know. Yeah. So. Well, looking through the field uh, for the Xfinity Series today, Noah Gregson qualified 18th. Uh, is this going to be another disappointing se- uh, season for Noah? Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting because he's going to have to, you know, he's put a lot of pressure on himself as well as he, you know, when you do that, when you're in top flight, top flight equipment. Maybe at this case, that might be a plus because maybe the cheap can't, you know, maybe everybody got together and said, Let's make the kid comfortable. Yeah. Instead of going for raw speed, let's put him in a comfortable car and let him drive it to the front. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I might. I, the driver I like the great name, Caesar Baccarella. Yeah. So, Is it Caesar or Caesar? Caesar. <laughs> and of course, Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe. Those are a couple drivers to look out this afternoon. Oh, don't don't look past number who qualified thirteenth there, Steve. Austin Sindrick. Yeah. And then I, I look like Austin Sindrick. I look through the rest of the field. Yeah, f- I, friend I, of the show, a friend of everybody's show, in fact. Josh Balicki did a nice job you know, qualifying in the top 20. Yes, yes, he did. And I was sitting there running down the whole list, and I, I don't see Kaz Growla anywhere. Uh, you will, though. Yeah, I think what? Starting at Atlanta? Mm hmm. Well, he'll bring out the first caution. <sighs> I don't know why you don't like that boy. Oh, he's awful. He's awful. Warful? Horrible. Oh, and I'm playing Hurt today. 
Oh, what yeah. happened? I had a crown pop off. Oh, okay. Dental crown. Thankfully, no pain, though. It was a kind of a shallow crown. It's not one of those stick crowns. Right. So, I mean, or, you know, the tooth where they really grind down the tooth where it's more of a shallow kind of, so. Wow. And I was like, I was just thinking, oh, you can put it back on. You can go to Walgreens and get, you know, like uh, temporary cement in that. And I'm like, okay, I could I could do that. Put it on for a couple of days and then, you know, waiting on Monday probably. That's when you it pops off and, oop, and you swallow it. So right. Like, nah, I don't have any pain. Just making sure I'm keeping it clean and everything and just we'll well, see good. what happens. I'm glad you're all right. I got the call yesterday. Uh, I got my kids on the bus sitting at the house. Phone rings. It's Radio Joe from the Bill Michael oh, Show. Oh, yes. Jeff, I need a favor. Yeah, Joe, what do you need? I hurt my groin. I can barely walk. Can you cover for me today? Well, okay, yeah, no problem. So I come in and everybody... Hey, Pipe Bomb, what are you doing here today? Well, I'm here because of Joe's groin. <laughs> Words I never thought that would actually you, come out of my you, mouth. Have you ever pulled a groin? No, no, my groin's been pretty strong. You know, it's real funny, and people joke about it until you have, have actually had one, a blown, like not blown, but you know what I mean, a fully pulled. I, I pulled one playing volleyball Okay. when I was about 19, and I felt it pop, and it's like, Ooh, you know right away, like uh oh, because I was I was backtracking, trying to set up, you know, doing a set shot. Right. And you know, I'm at the Klatchy Center at UWM, you know, thinking you know, Mister, you know, you're 19, you're like, you know, I'm gonna save the day here. You back, you know, okay, I got it, I got it. And then you, next thing you know, you're kind of falling backwards, so you catch yourself. You're better off just doing what Giannis does and just kind of fall and skid like yeah. all NBA players do now. That's probably what I should have done, but you're trying to catch yourself, and I caught myself, and then it went bing. And it's like, oh, well, I don't like the feeling of that. Within 15 minutes, you are you're you look like a semicolon. So I can appreciate the pain <laughs> uh, Radio Joe was going through. He could probably barely walk. I mean – Literally, you're, you're. Well, that's what he said. He could barely walk. You're so. at like about a 40, 30 degree angle. You're, you're, you can't straighten up. It's, 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 you know, it's that bad. And you just want to, you just want to lay in the fetal position for about two days. Wow. So, well, yeah. thoughts and prayers, Radio Joe. <laughs> thoughts and ice, prayers. Ice. <laughs> so, and, and for those who are wondering, it's a little higher up, it's just below your navel. I, I had no idea. I yeah. don't know. Oh, it hurts like a mother. Hey, it, it really does. So. I trust you. I tell you what. Uh, talk, I guess talking about groins will lead us right into a break. Yeah. So let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk with Dennis Michelson from D Mike Radio, who's got a little sad news. NASCAR legend has passed away. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the show. It's time for Dennis Michelson.
Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from DMAC Media, of course, it is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, sir. Mr. Z, man, it is a pleasure to be here, as always. So uh, I kind of teased it in the last session, but uh, last segment, but uh, some sad news to report in the world of NASCAR today. Yeah, this just broke uh, right after you went on the air uh, to start the show. Um, went ahead and double-checked and triple-checked to make sure that this wasn't one of these social media rumors, but it's been confirmed. Sam Bass, the legendary NASCAR artist, has passed away. This is really a blow to the NASCAR world, just 57 years old. The amount of uh, memorabilia, you know, that, that he's left behind, the amazing paint schemes for cars, the amazing uh, uh, covers for programs out at Charlotte Motor Speedway that gained his fame. Um, it, this is a sad moment for NASCAR. You know, there's never a good time for this to happen. But whenever you lose a famous person during the middle of a race weekend, you just feel a little bit of the air going out of the balloon. In fact, his studio was right across the street from the Speedway, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and he uh, rebuilt it a, a couple of times over the years. And the, the funny thing is, now I had interviewed Sam a number of times over the years and saw him at the track, interviewed him there, interviewed him for radio shows uh, in the past. Um, I was at his studio one time with my daughter, who was just starting to get into NASCAR, and I wanted her to see all the art. And I'm bragging about all this great art, and all of a sudden I hear a voice from behind, which I didn't recognize at first and he says oh you, you think this artist is kind of special huh he says let me show you some of my favorite pieces of his that he's done and he's just showing us around the shop and it had been like five minutes and then all of a sudden it dawned on me we're getting a personal tour of the shop from sam bass and i just absolutely absolutely cracked up because about two years earlier the same thing had happened to me uh when i was there showing somebody else around and uh he says Man, I would have thought you'd know my voice by now, Dennis. And he remembered who the hell I was. But I got a second tour of the shop. He's just the nicest guy that um, that ever was in the world of, of NASCAR. Just a, a tremendous man. You know, it's interesting you, you said that about, you know, confirming it. I had an unfortunate situation about a week and a half ago where uh, it was uh, Jim McGee, legendary Indy, Indy 500 mechanic, and two people that I would consider – insiders people that would definitely you know that knew i knew they were personal friends with him reported it i foolishly went ahead and regurgitated that situation and it's like you know and then i got another confirmation i had one say well we're not sure but then i had another a third person say oh no that's what i heard too and these are all people that you know i would consider you know valuable sources and it turned out wasn't true. Happily, you know, Jim McGee is still with us, but needless to say, those, uh, at least the first two people, are definitely on my uh, beep list. Uh, not not happy. I don't know, you know, just very, very frustrating. In fact, I'll give you, a, uh, actually, I got an update. 
uh, from Bones uh, Borsier, uh, who, who uh, posted a latest Jim McGee update comes from uh, Mutual Pal and, of course, legendary racer Bentley Warren, uh, who has a fantastic, I think he still has that uh, motorcycle bar up in Maine. Uh, he visited Jim at his California rehab center. Uh, Bentley reports that the legendary mechanic and team manager looks good and is progressing. Um, and uh, as, as uh, they jokingly say, I'm sure over the years, Bentley has slightly tried in to talk uh, a few nurses into playing doctor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jim McGee uh, apparently had broken his leg and had, had an issue where an artery was cut or something and supposedly had passed away because of loss of blood or something. And, you know, it just – you got to be careful in social media. I got caught on it. I'm, I'm – you know, I'd like to think that I've been pretty good on that. But, uh, yeah, so, Dennis, you better be right on this. Otherwise, you're going to be on my list like those other two people. But I trust no, you, got Dennis. This from, I got this from very good sources. So I'm, yeah, I, think I know. I'm just, and, uh, I'm just teasing yeah, you. The official, the official PR uh, did come out several minutes after um, it got confirmed. Well so. – now I'm feeling really, uh, you know, it's just a bad, bad timing of right. of everything, and just uh, just sad to see because just a couple of days ago um, he was tweeting about how excited he was about the Daytona 500 coming up. So this was something that that just you know happened very suddenly. Uh, he's been ill for quite some time. He's fought a lot of illnesses over the years, mm-hmm. um, but uh, sad to see him passing away and. Also, I do have uh, an update for you on something else. I do have Kale Gale news for you. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so you guys were wondering about Kale Gale. He runs, uh, along with his uh, dad, Bubba, uh, Gale Force Suspensions, which are um, shock dynos. It's a pull-down rig that's uh, affordable enough for short track racers. It is like the thing in late model racing now. And Kale has also done a little bit of crew chiefing for uh, Camping World East races um, and also has been a spotter last year um, for some uh, NASCAR drivers in the uh, um, in Xfinity and trucks. So he's still involved in racing heavily, and uh, but it's the last time we've seen him in a, in a vehicle in one of NASCAR's touring uh, series was 2017, and that year he also raced ARCA down. Uh, there in his home track of Mobile, Alabama. So there's your update on Kale Gale. Yeah, just a great story. Uh, the story with his name, uh, Kale Gale, uh, is uh, parents went to a race, and uh, she was, uh, I guess, in her third trimester, and they kind of agreed whoever would win the race, that would be <laughs> he who the baby or child would be named after. And, of course, it was Kale Yarbrough who won the race, hence the name uh, Kale Gale. And uh, he's a you know he's a kid that grew up in racing, wanted to be a part of it, and you know it was sweeping floors basically to get his foot in the door, and eventually worked his way up into a ride and 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 can in you know had a is quite knowledgeable like you like you were saying about the shocks and that that's that's real where you can really make some uh, smart money in in racing today is working with shocks and whatnot, and uh, so it's good to see him still involved with the sport. Uh, Jeff and I were talking about Daytona, and uh, you know we got. It's been uh, caused a little bit of concern, isn't it, uh, with with the duels and and and, and the clash, and, and so what, what's your opinion on what what we might see today and tomorrow, notwithstanding last night, which is a totally different package with the trucks, of course. 
Yeah, last night is a totally different package. Those trucks push such a big uh, hole in the air um, that it's impossible for anybody to get away, and it's impossible for uh, that two-wide racing not to be occurring most of the race. And we actually saw some great racing last night before the, the first big one, and then after that it just uh, sort of spiraled out of control for you know crash after crash, but still a very entertaining race. Here's the problem that we had last weekend. The racing at Daytona with this particular plate package, both the size of the plate and the aerodynamic package, the aerodynamic package tweaked a little bit this year, but um, from what I hear, not much of a difference as far as the on-track uh, performance over the last couple of years. But what we see is when it's cool and cloudy or it's a night race, we see this single-file racing. It doesn't matter whether it's Talladega. It doesn't matter whether it's Daytona. But when it gets sunny and hot, and we're going to be challenging for the warmest day for a Daytona 500 in history. 83 degrees is the warmest ever temperature recorded at the start of the Daytona 500. We're going to be close to that. We're going to be right around 80 tomorrow. With it sunny and warm, it is going to get greasy. Now, it is a 500-mile race. These guys are smart. They're going to go and just grind some laps. But we are going to see better racing tomorrow. Uh, and I even think we're going to see a better race today than what we saw the last uh, last weekend. Because, look, the ARCA race was fantastic. And it was held during the day when it was not quite as warm. But we saw good racing throughout the day in that ARCA race. And I think we're going to see the same thing today, but especially tomorrow for the great american race the daytona 500 all right dennis you want to stick out stick around for one more segment absolutely we got a fun show coming up we'll have dennis michelson from dmac media in the next segment and at the top of the hour we have nascar star paul menard joining us on the final inspection show after this final inspection final inspection now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. And, of course, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. Welcome back again, Dennis Michelson. Uh, when was the last time you were in Daytona? Oh, my goodness. It's been like three or four years since I've, too I've had the pleasure to go down there. Have you ever made it to um, Froggies? Froggies? I don't recall. Froggies, Froggies, I believe, is the one with the dollar bills in the ceiling. It's a motorcycle bar right on the main strip uh, of okay. Daytona Beach. Yes, 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 yes. I think that was there once for, um, I think we were hanging out outside of that place one time for for some reception I was invited to. That name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure I ever went into the bar. Oh, yeah. It's a place where uh, the women cuss like sailors and uh, the shot, you know, if you, you got to order a shot with a beer. Okay. It's one of those type of we'll places. Have to, we'll have to check that out next time I'm down there. So for the Great American Race tomorrow, who do you like? You know, uh, I really coming up with the same two names and they're not 
the guys that you'd be looking at as the favorites. I keep looking at Eric Almarola, who is a really underrated uh, driver when it comes to plate racing. Should have won and it I'm last also, year. Yeah, he should have won it last year. And I'm also looking at Mr. Ryan Newman. Um, and, yes, both of those are Fords. I do think we're going to see a more competitive race from the Chevrolets. They obviously start on the front row. But I do think uh, the Fords have a little bit of an advantage in the draft. But I'm also expecting guys like Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch to be strong. You know, as much as the Fords seemed to dominate, there were portions even uh, when we were single-file racing that the uh, the Chevys and the uh, Toyotas looked pretty strong of being able to make those uh, little leaps and bounds up through the pack. And uh, tell us a bit about D-Mike Media. How can uh, people contact you? Well, they can uh, check us out, dmikemedia.com. We'll take you straight to all of our audio pieces. In addition to our auto racing coverage, we have uh, all kinds of interviews. And uh, we're going to be featuring Doug Barnett from PMI. They're the uh, company that does the uh, Geico sponsorships in NASCAR and IndyCar. We're also going to have a feature on Tunity, which is an app for your phone. And Tunity sponsors the car of Matt Tiff this year. So there's always something new. And, of course, next week we also start our coverage of the Chicago Wildfire, uh, the ultimate disc league uh, team from Chicago. So always interesting stuff. We've covered uh, an interview, a uh, uh, profile of the Negro League Baseball Museum a couple weeks back a great writer by the name of uh, Harold Michael Harvey. We featured an interview with him recently. And, of course, we have our all-things sports talk show with an old guy, me, and a young guy, J.D. It's just two guys talking sports. Very good. Dennis, thank you as always, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. All right, Z-Man. Be good, man. All right. It's time now for a break. When we come back, we'll be chatting with NASCAR star Paul Menard on the Final Inspection Show. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb. Pleased to be joined by the driver, NASCAR superstar, Wisconsin's own driver, the number 21 Wood Brothers Ford, Paul Menard. Paul, how you doing? Hey, doing good, Jeff. Hey, thanks. Thanks for your time. I appreciate a couple minutes. I know uh, season's about, you know, ready to, to get going full uh, full bore here, so I'm sure you're pretty busy. Hey, do you, do you call yourself the Polish Pipe Bomb? Yep, that's the <laughs> nickname, yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, uh, yeah, we're getting getting ready to, to get the season started down here in Daytona. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of a new year of, of unknowns with some new rules packages that we have, and... Uh, you know, one thing's for certain is the Daytona 500 is, is the same same package as the last few years, and it's going to be a, a hell of a race. Yeah, it always is. It always is. And, you know, you typically seem to do very well on the restrictor plate tracks. You finished uh, sixth in last year's Daytona, fifth the year before that. 
So uh, expecting another strong run, I bet, this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, plate tracks are always a little uh, a little tricky because of, uh, uh, you know, just, just being in the pack all day long, trying to trying to manage your your car, trying not to get caught up in other other crashes. And, um, yeah, we've had some, some decent success down there, obviously uh, looking to, to do better. You know, we, uh, we finished sixth last year and um, really kicking myself because I, I made a move on the last lap. Um, that hindsight, I, I should have uh, should have gone to the middle when I tried to drive underneath somebody and just lost some momentum. So it could have, you know, could have, would have, should have, should have been better. Um, but we always learn. We always review tape and and uh, try to make better decisions. Well, don't beat yourself up too bad about it, because at least you tried to make a move instead of some of the guys that just sit, follow the leader, and are happy finishing fifth. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, nobody. You know, it, it depends on your situation, obviously. Uh, but uh, you know, you're always trying to put yourself in the best position, and sometimes you know, riding fifth is is as good as you're going to get, and uh, so you protect that. And uh, we we had a really strong forward last year, and I, I felt like we could have gone forward um, and uh, you know try to try to make a move, and, and probably lost a couple spots because of it. But uh, is what it is, and uh, we learned. Yeah, absolutely. So the big news out of NASCAR this week, you know. Uh, announcing that they're going to take the wins and uh, money and everything away if uh, if the winner's car fails inspection. And now the win will be granted to the second-place car if that car pe- uh, passes inspection. Are you a fan of uh, of this? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unless we're the ones that get caught. Uh, <laughs> you know. But, no, I, I think if, if, if your car's illegal, uh, you should get thrown out. Um, you know, the kind of the gray area is if, you get damaged during the race or you know there's there's all sorts of contact that goes on throughout the race and some tracks more than others um and nascar has been pretty good historically about recognizing that um but that that's kind of where the gray area is is if you have a little bit of body damage or or uh contact that that made your car illegal that um you know you, you might have to appeal the penalty or do something like that but in general, if your if your car's illegal, it's illegal, and um, uh, I'm I'm all for that. You know, just uh, uh, policing the the rules as they should be. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I what always drove me nuts is that you know you watch a race on Sunday, so and so wins, fantastic, and then three days later on Wednesday, oh well, they didn't really win. So <laughs> at, at least now it sounds like. Yeah, you know, encumbered, absolutely. At least now it seems like we're going to know on Sunday who actually won the darn race. And that's the way it used to be. Uh, you know, when I first started in the sport, uh, if you finished in the top, uh, I think it was the top three, you're in for a late night at the racetrack tearing, tearing your car apart. Um, but everybody did with a smile because you, you finished good. And uh, obviously, you know, hope that your car passes. Um, but I've, I've been through a few of those situations where, you know, run second or, or, or third, or I believe even when I won at Indianapolis, you know, we did, we did tear down at the racetrack, and um, you know, it's a, it's a late night, but at least you know. Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, you know, you're still celebrating while they're ripping it down, so it's you know, right. not yeah, not bad. Stay an extra beer. couple hours. Yeah, there's some beer involved while you're while you're turning wrenches, but uh, yeah, it's, it throws you back to short track racing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of short track racing, let's go back to your start in ice racing. What, uh, you know, kind of obviously I know you started in carts and everything, but 
uh, you know, did the ice racing around Wisconsin and stuff. Kind of an unusual way to start your career. How did uh, how did that help you? You know, like, did you learn anything with the ice racing that you bring to your NASCAR career now? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, first off, ice racing is just a blast, a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's a good way to, to uh, uh, you know, take up some time in the wintertime when, as you know, it gets really cold up there and there's not a whole lot else to do besides ride snowmobiles and, and uh, ice race. So, um, you know, some of the, the really uh, key advantages, I think, of, of ice racing is, um, you know, kind of what we, what you see with these uh, dirt, you know, uh, dirt guys, you know, Kyle Larson, Stewart, Jeff Gordon when he came in, a uh, lot of throttle control. Um, you know, those guys are really good about managing throttle, um, not rushing the gas, not, you know, some of those uh, sprint cars, you, you don't even get to wide open. They have so much power. And, and ice racing is similar in that we, uh, you know, we, we have studded tires, so you have decent grip, but you can definitely zing the tires at any given time, any time that you want. And the more you zing the tires, the more you spin the tires, uh, the studs will fly out of the tires, and then you lose grip. So a lot of throttle control is probably the biggest uh, advantage to that. All right. Now, I'm not trying to get way ahead of uh, of myself here, but, you know, you, you brought up Kyle Larson, and you got Tony Stewart, and they love running the sprint cars and all that kind of stuff. When, you know, 25, 30 years down the road when you retire from NASCAR, what kind of, you know, do you want to just – <laughs> do you want to like completely leave racing or would you do you foresee yourself running a, a series like world of outlaws or getting back on the ice up here in wisconsin what what you know what do you see in your future yeah i'll, I'll definitely uh definitely do, do do a lot more ice racing um i haven't been able to to run an ice race since i think 2003 was the last one uh just because the uh you know the ice doesn't get we we need 18 inches uh, to be to be safe, 18 inches plus, and you know the ice just doesn't get that good until late January uh, through February, and um, you know we're we're pretty busy getting ready for Daytona at that time. So basically, since I've gone to uh, you know moved down south and, and done the NASCAR thing, haven't been able to to do an ice race, but that's certainly on the bucket list to to do some more of that. Um, and then I'll, also the really cool series I think right now is uh, is the IMSA. Stuff. Uh, I don't know if you watched the, the 24-hour race at Daytona a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. Man, those cars are cool, and, and you know they they have some really good race tracks that they go to, and that'd be uh, that'd be something I'm, I'd enjoy as well. Just uh, do some road racing and some some really cool cars. Nice, nice. We're talking with NASCAR superstar Paul Menard, driver of the 21 Wood Brothers Ford here on a great Midwest Bank Hotline on the final inspection show. Now, okay. I I don't I tried phrasing this question the right way uh, and I hope I did. Um, to me, okay, a lot of the problems with with racing nowadays is that it, talent sort of takes a, a a back seat compared to the money that drivers bring and sponsorship that drivers bring. Now, with the success that you've had in your career and you've had a long long career in in NASCAR. Uh, you know, you, obviously you won the Brickyard 400. You've had massive success. So how how satisfying is it? How vindicated do you feel to not be just a kid that brings a ton of sponsorship in but actually can stand on your own merit as far as, you know, uh, the successes that you've had in racing? Yeah, well, I certainly have a, 
have had some good opportunities uh, uh, because of my family's involvement in in, in motorsports. Um, and you know, there's you know a lot of kids coming up that their their dad raced and and they they got the racing bug at an early age. And and some uh, some some bring money, some don't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I kind of kind of did both. Um, come from a motorsports background, my my family. Uh, my dad, my uncle, my my cousin, uh, brother, all raced. They're all older than me. All all raced before me. I watched them when I was a little kid racing. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And um, you know, spending time around uh, our IndyCar team and, and things at Indianapolis, uh, we we've always been involved in racing since uh, since I was born. So we can kind of kind of marry the two, uh, which has been a uh, it's unique for sure. Um, I feel like I've I've had good success at every level. Um, the one series I haven't haven't won at in, in NASCAR is, is the truck series, and that's you know asked about what what I want to do later. I'd, I'd love to win a truck race and and you know do a do a few races when I'm when I'm done cup racing and, and try to win in all three series. Um, but that's that, you know that's down the road and that's you, you like to add your name to to the few guys that have won in all three series, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we still have work to do for sure. Um, I've only won one cup race, so working hard on, on winning number two. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned your dad, and I know that, you know, he was working with Herm Johnson, and obviously Indy, Indianapolis is, you know, very important to him and all that. That had to be such a thrill for him that you were able to win at the Brickyard. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I think his first year there was 1977. I was, I was born in 1980. Um, so he's, he's been trying, you know, for 34 years, um, up until 2011 to, to win there. And, um, he would have been happy with anybody winning for him, but I'm sure having his son win at Indianapolis, uh, even better. But yeah, I mean, we had, we had a great time after the race. Um, you know, one of the, one of the highlights of the whole, whole thing was obviously having my family there. My, my mom was there. My sister was there, uh, talked to my brothers on the, on the cell phone and in victory lane, but. Just riding around um, after you win that race, you know, you do all the all the pictures at the yard of bricks, um, kissing the bricks and all that, which I have my family with. But um, before that, you take a ride around, like a victory lap around the the racetrack in the back of a convertible, and uh, it was my dad and and Richard Childress and myself and uh, nobody else. And you know, we had a guy driving the car and, and we're in the back and just uh, you know that that was a very special special moment to to share with them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We only got a couple minutes left. So I, I want to, uh, and I'm going to totally make an assumption here, being from Eau Claire, I take it you're a Packers fan? I am. What do you think of uh, Matt LaFleur as the new head coach of the Packers? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know much about him. Um, you know, all, offensive-minded young guy, you know, that Sean McVay mold. Um, you know, I, I, my, my thought on the whole – Thing is that uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is still probably the best quarterback in the league, and uh, getting an offensive-minded uh, young guy that he can work with and and uh, come up with some uh, some plays that obviously Aaron excels at. Um, you know he's not getting any younger, so uh, if we're going to win another Super Bowl, it has to be in the next few years, and hopefully Lafleur can uh, can pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. And then final question here for you, Paul: What kind of music are you listening to now? I'm a I'm a rock and roll guy. Um, I like uh, I'm a big fan of kind of late '80s, early '90s metal. Uh, you know, Megadeth, Pantera. 
Awesome. That, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, the guitarist from Lamb of God. It's kind of a newer, uh, you know, they've been around for a while, but um, they're pretty popular right now on the on the metal scene. And, and uh, Mark Morton's a, a friend of mine and comes comes to the Richmond race every year, and we're always talking. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a metalhead, I'd say. Oh, that's music to my ears. I am, too. I love it. I saw Lamb of God. They were on tour with Slayer and all that. Yep. And, uh yeah, I saw they uh, they headlined uh, a year or so ago up here at the Rave and all that. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, God, this is wonderful. Yeah. What yeah, if- was, we, we did, uh, uh, Mark, I had some backstage passes for uh, a show in Charlotte, and they played with, with Slayer. And so I took my wife and, and uh, another friend, uh, another couple friends. And uh, so, yeah, we're on stage for, for Anthrax, uh, for, uh, for, for Lamb of God, and then, then Slayer came up after them and, they had so many pyrotechnics. They they kicked us off the stage because it wasn't uh, wasn't safe. <laughs> we went out and uh, you know watched uh, watched out in the uh, uh, you know general admission and uh, man, they had a, it was a hell of a show. Oh yeah, going off and I did not not want to be up on that stage when that happened. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take any chances with that shifting arm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. Well, James Hetfield. Yeah, yeah. No, avoid that at all costs. Oh, well, that's great, Paul. Thank you so much for a few minutes. Obviously, best of luck uh, a week from Sunday at, in Daytona for the 500, and best of luck for a uh, 2019 championship season. We'll be rooting for you. All right, Jeff. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. That was Paul Menard. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We'll be right back with more of the Final Inspection Show coming up next. Back to the final inspection show brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And uh, Jeff is still smiling and beaming from that interview with uh, Paul Menard. Always nice to have another metalhead join the show, Steve. And, of course, uh, Jeff is decked out in his uh, Slayer t-shirt. Yeah, little Rain and Blood t-shirt today. Rain and Blood. Yeah, one of the greatest <laughs> albums ever made. So, it's... Uh... You know, it was funny. I was here on Wednesday, and Wednesday uh, the fan did this, you know, pigskin pick'em contest where you pick the winners for every week of the NFL season. And uh, the guys were the guys that won uh, the individual weeks. The guy that won the whole thing. They were brought in here. We had a pizza party for them. Took them on tours and stuff like that at the studios. And uh, you know, I kind of forgot, so, you know, I had uh, an Iron Maiden shirt on, and everybody, oh, good thing you dressed up today. Well, you know, that's what I look like every day, so. At least I was consistent. <laughs> I was consistent. <laughs> so, Paul Menard, uh, yeah, he's a neat guy. You know, of course, when your dad is the richest guy in Wisconsin, that helps. But that being said, the, the kid, you know, kid i shouldn't say kid was he pushing 40 now he's a talented race car driver and uh and they had to make a decision which way he's going to go indycar or nascar and I think for him he made the right decision going to nascar and you know he's won some races he's won a xfinity race up at uh 
at Road America is he's won the Brickyard 400. So, you know, he's won some races and a talented driver has not always had been, has been in A equipment, but it certainly has been in C plus B and B equipment. And I think it certainly uh, could be one of the top 12 guys that you might want to think about uh, in, at Daytona. You know, the, you drive running for the Wood Brothers and the Ford. Uh, it would be a, a bit of a surprise, but not a huge surprise if he won on Sunday, would it? No, no, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he uh, he ran good in the clash until he got taken out. Uh, you know, he had really good practice speeds. The the Wood Brothers, the number 21 is, is coming back, and they're finding speed. They're being more competitive. They're coming back, and, uh, you know, He's an easy guy to root for, and that was the first time I, I spent time with Paul Menard. And, uh, you know, I was impressed. I was impressed. And, uh, you know, that I would definitely like to interview him again. That You know, doing this now and interviewing a bunch of these drivers, you've, you've got the, the list that you make in your head and who you would like to, to talk to again and who there's no chance in hell you'll interview again. And uh, Menard falls in the first category where Austin Dillon is squarely in the second category. Give me a Daytona 500 memory. What's your first memory? Uh, you know, just watching it as a kid. You know, that uh, my dad was never a huge racing guy. He did take me, you know, all the time when we were a kid, we went to, you know, this short clay track on the south side of Chicago, Santa Fe Speedway, and we'd watch, you know, the stock car racing. We'd watch the demolition derbies and all that kind of stuff there. Uh, but as far as actual racing, um, the big the big guys, Daytona and the Indy 500 were, you know, sit down, shut up, and watch this every single year. And so that's that's how I grew up, you know, and that was my childhood. I, I got more into NASCAR the older I got. Uh, and But, yeah, and I instill that on my kids. So I don't care what they're doing tomorrow. They will be sitting there and and watching the race with me. First one I remember is uh, that I remember, you know, your father son moment, nineteen seventy six Daytona five hundred. I was negative one, and with uh, the great finish, um, uh, Richard Petty and David Pearson dicing for the last five laps, each one going back and forth, going back and forth, with uh, the term slingshot being bantied about and whatnot, and and then coming off the final turn, fourth turn, Petty and Pearson actually get together with uh, both cars hitting the wall, sliding into the into the grass, and uh, Pearson being able to kind of idle across the finish line at probably about 25 miles an hour. <laughs> and uh, Petty's car wasn't able to turn over because the, the fan blade and everything got pushed back into the engine, so it wouldn't start, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fire up, and... The, the crew pushing the car across the finish line finally, including uh, a 16-year-old Kyle Petty pushing the king across the finish line. And uh, I think it was Benny Parsons, I think, if I recall, finishing in third place. But that's the first one I remember saying, wow, what a finish. And then, of course, uh, 79, uh, Daytona 500, of course, with the uh, the big accident in turn three with Kyle Kelly Arborough. Don and Donnie Allison later with Bobby Allison joining and a big free for all with those guys punching each other and whatnot. 
But then, of course, uh, there's other memories such as Davey and Bobby Allison in uh, 1988. And Bobby Allison had an awesome-looking Buick Miller High Life, uh, number 12. And, uh, of course, uh, Davey Allison and the Haviland Ford Thunderbird and just cool stuff and whatnot. And then, of course, earlier in that race, uh, watching Richard Petty go over and over and over and over again coming out of turn uh, turn four. Finally coming to rest right side up, and then Brett Bodine just bang. Luck, thankfully, it was in the uh, uh, left left front instead of the driver's door, and just just drop kicking him one last time, and uh, Petty actually being able to uh, get out of that. That was a rough. But as Chris Economaki, pit reporter, was reporting, the structure of the car, the integrity of the car, remained uh, uh, together, which is true. So. Uh, Petty got banged up in it, you know, in that, but you know, went on to race another day. So those are those are the big ones. Of course, and then '91, uh, we were of course fighting in the Gulf War, and they had three, three or f- four cars that didn't have sponsorship, and they so they painted up the cars like each each uh, uh, arm of the military, and of course Alan Kowicki, who had lost Xerox the Xerox sponsorship the year before. Uh, was in the army car, and it was just one of the great, cool-looking uh, uh, livery liveries uh, uh, out there. And I think it was it was that one. There was an Air Force car. Oh boy, this is going to be tough. I think was the twenty-four car. If I recall, might have been Mickey Gibbs. Okay. Uh, Coast Guard, I think, was Dave Marcus. And the Navy, I want to say, it was the 18, which might have been a Hendrick R&D car. That might have been, um, uh, I just said, Greg Sachs, I think. No Marine car, huh? There might have been a Marine car. Yeah, there had to have been a Marine car. So, yeah, there was five of them then. All right. I'm trying to remember, who, okay, who the Marine car. Uh, I'm going to have to cheat on that one. So, go Talk to me. I'm going to look this up now because uh, you got me wondering. Well, that's, that's what I'm looking up, too. Oh, you got it? Uh, okay, I'll let you do it. Well, I'm trying to find out. Uh... See, usually I'm not cheating when I'm pulling up this. When I'm pulling stuff out of my head, I don't like to cheat. It's also on Facebook, too. There's lots of people that are looking up stuff. And oh, yeah, they look up Champ Car stats or they look on RacingReference.com. Anybody can do that, but. Yeah, that was the year Ernie Irvin took uh, took the checkered flag. Ninety one. Yeah. In the number four Kodak car. Uh, yep. Chevy Lumina. Yeah, well, yeah, it says Chevy. Yeah. So. Uh, the Morgan McClure car. Alan Kowicki, he finished eighth in the U.S. Army car. Uh, Mickey Gibbs finished seventeenth in uh, the U.S. Air Force car. Oh, I got that one right. Mickey Gibbs from uh, Georgia, if I recall. And then we had Dave. Dave Marcus in the Coast Guard? Yeah, or? number 35. And I uh, finished 35. In the uh, 71 in the, car. In the Coast Guard car. And then you had uh, Buddy Baker. Okay. Finishing 37th in, the, in Marine. the Marines. And then Greg Sachs, last place in the Navy car. All right. Only 42 cars yeah. that year. That was the that was the rich yeah that's Richard Petty rule. They would only go to forty three if they needed to. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, is this 42? Oh, and then, uh, yeah, we actually had some bumping. Good to see Parker Kligerman make the race. That was good. You know, I, what I didn't understand. kind of thought I would like to see the, the, you know, the other Truex make it, but, you know. What I didn't understand with, uh, with the twin 125s, you had, and I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one because I'm not that smart, but you had the three guys that were racing against each other with uh, Klingerman and Truex and uh, who, the, the third one. And they sat there and basically were glued to each other the entire yeah. race. Yeah. Why wouldn't you try to break away and just, or, you know, just get away from them and well, try something did. new? They were able to. Well, that's. And Kligerman was able to do that with Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush had that issue and brought and went back to him and kind of grabbed, you know, and said, you know, follow me. And, and, and Kligerman was able to do that. But it took he, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were, they were you know, nose to tail for way too long in that race. There was a time, you know, that the three of them ended up getting lapped. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you can't pull up in the front of the field because the closing rate is so fast. And they would have just got dump trucked. But, uh, you know, there was a time that, you know, one or two of them could have sat there and slid up to the high line to break, you know, their little three-car train and try to sit there and and stick with that pack, and they chose not to. And then they're still running, you know. The three of them nose to tail. It was like, come on, guys, what are you doing? One of you guys make a freaking move. All right, we got the Xfinity race coming up after the show. We got, of course, the the stages, what everybody loves. Stage one, uh, thirty laps, and then another thirty lap stage for two. So. Uh, stage one, lap 30, stage two, lap 60, and then the race is 120 laps. Uh, pit road speed limit, in case you're wondering, 55 miles an hour. And then to the rear, your pole sitter, Tyler Reddick, tire change. Jeremy Clements made some adjustments. Uh, Max Tolman and Cole Custer also go to the back. One thing that really irritates the mm out of me is that when, they, okay, it's fine that you do that, but when you look at the box score, it's going to show that Tyler Reddick. Started first. Started first when yeah. he didn't. And right. I never understood why NASCAR does that. But Yeah, I don't either. What I, are you going to do? Well, because they don't want to take the pole award away I understand away from that, them. but that's what asterisks are for. No, I know. I know, and I agree with you. I so. agree with you. Because, say, he drives from, from worst to first, and he wins the race. Oh, the pole sitter won the race. Yeah, but yeah. the pole sitter started last. Right. So it doesn't make any sense. But, they, you know. Is that I'm, that's definitely not something I'm gonna lose sleep over. No, no, it's just it's just one of those irritating things that you see in sports. Yeah, I tell is. you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to uh, uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We're gonna get, just kind of cover the rest of the world of auto racing for a segment, and then we're gonna do our Daytona 500 picks in the final and get some odds and see where we are for the odds for the Daytona 500 coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Inspection show brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. 
joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is from RacingNation.com, Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, happy New Year. Fantastic. You Likewise. Thank you. So how's the weather in Florida? Here it's going to be really nice today and tomorrow for the Daytona 500. Uh, it's beautiful today. It's actually awesome. Can't ask for nicer weather. And I saw your, uh, uh, I saw the dog out there, Monty, getting some uh, water therapy this morning. It looked pretty good. Well, that was actually an old video, so oh. I, I was cheating. It's, it's supposed to be nice this weekend. I was down in Daytona last weekend for the ARCA race. Um, it, it's pretty exciting. The year is starting, and uh, a few weeks ago, the 24-hour race, I was there for that. The weather wasn't too good. Yeah, a little right. bit of rain during that one, huh? Oh, it was, you know, I usually like to get up about 3 o'clock in the morning and go watch the pit stops in the middle of the night. Don't ask me why, but I've been doing that for years. And 3.30 in the morning, it starts raining. It never stopped. It was actually one of the most miserable uh, races in a long time, but mixed feelings about stopping the race and by, from the drivers that finished second and the drivers that uh, won were happy that they didn't get back to racing. So n nobody's ever going to be happy, but, uh, you know, it was a great way to start the race, uh, the season off. Uh, Fernando Alonso is going to be doing a lot of racing in the U S this year and he started it off uh, with a win. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, from the PR point of view, seeing him in victory lane is certainly a plus for the IMSA series. You know, it was interesting, you know, with the, what was the feedback kind of in the pits and from the people? Because the big problem uh, for the race with the, with the rain in that was the pooling of the water in the interior part of the road course. Is there any scuttlebutt about them maybe improving that, or is there a way to, you know, to fix that in the future? Well, I mean, they're always trying to find ways. It's just, it just seems like every year, at, you know, there's always rain somehow that weekend. Um, and it's just something that they have to deal with. Um, racing there a few months ago, and it rained, and it's, you know, I was on a track when it was raining. It's it's very challenging. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And the way it was coming down for that race, it was treacherous. But, again, you know, the guys that are running in second and third, uh, I know the guys from Reese uh, Ferrari were not happy. I mean, they felt like they could win the race. And, uh, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, the, the guys that are in second and third and, another pit stop has to come they feel like they have a chance and nobody worries about the rain then it's the guys that are leading that say it's treacherous and they need to stop it and so i mean it's just that's racing it's, it's just like uh just you have to deal with it and that's how it ended up the uh, moving forward, what what's the kind of the pulse of the IMSA series this year? Well, it's huge. Uh, NBC really uh, hit a home run. Uh, it was probably, I not even probably, it was by doubt 
the most people I've ever seen at the race, in the stands, on the grid. Uh, when you look at it, even when I was there for Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s appearance at the race, no comparison. Uh, there wasn't a place in the in the infield that you could even they I mean they're sold out instantly but I mean just with with the new cars and Alex Zanardi being there Fernando Alonso and the excitement uh from the roar it really spun off and with NBC's coverage it was it was really awesome they had a lot of different people that you normally don't see up in the booth uh, from AJ Almendinger to Paul Tracy. And it just, it really gave it a nice start to the season. And I think it's carrying on right now with the Sebring test and getting ready for the 12 hour race, which is just about uh, less than a month away. Mm -hmm. The, uh, Alex Zanardi's situation at, at Daytona was certainly uh, you know, compelling you know, from an inspirational point of view and everything. I, I, I was at a dinner uh, group uh, a group in Chicago the following week with Bobby Rahal, and he was talking about it, how he brought so much energy and, and just his infectious, the energy that you can feed off of Alex Zanardi and what he's able to do, and, and even at – at you know he's he's 52 years old and he's probably never been in better shape in his life from what he's been able to accomplish after you know that nasty accident you know 19 years ago uh what was what was you you know i saw you 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 met him in in the paddock and that uh, tell, tell us a bit about zanardi and, and his presence at daytona this year well at the press conference just for starters i mean the guy is just uh, it's amazing i mean you talk about people and that have handicap, he makes it look like uh, he has no handicap. I mean, the only handicap he thought was that uh, that people were going to try to be nice to him on the track, but he said that's not going to happen. Uh, but just in the in the press conference, he said just being back in America racing was just the greatest feeling. He said there are no more better fans and more passionate than in America. And it was interesting to see him because, I mean, it's been so many years. And I, like I said, and I posted some pictures on Facebook and said, I mean, you haven't changed a bit. I mean, the only thing that you're just in better shape, like mm -hmm. you said. I mean, he's breaking all these records in, uh, in the Olympics. And he just was just, uh, the fans, I, I've never, between him and, and Alonzo, there was so many fans just wanting to get a glimpse. Um, I'm, I know everyone saw a lot of the video that was put out on social media with him getting in and out of the car, which was just, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, just from that start, and when he talked in the uh, press conference, it it was just so he's so passionate about everything he does and you can see that and it was just a quick interesting story that he said the night before when he was out to eat he was having dinner with his friends and stuff and and someone bought his uh dinner and he said only in america 
that uh, people would just, you know, were came up to him at the table and said it was so happy to see him back here. And he was just, uh, it was just a great experience uh, just to be there for that, to be have him at Daytona. That's neat stuff. I tell you what, let's take a break here, and when we come back, we'll talk uh, Daytona 500 odds and picks, and we'll see what Eddie has uh, up in his sleeve for who's who's the who's the money guy to put money on this weekend uh, at Daytona. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. <laughs> To the final inspection show brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest news and make sure you get your season pass at greatlakesdragway.com. And also, David Hobbs Honda, spring is right around the corner. What better way to celebrate the spring than a brand new or used Honda at David Hobbs Honda? Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, and it's picks time. And, uh, Jeff, we had uh, Dennis's pick. He gave us two picks, though, didn't he? I guess a yeah. favorite and then maybe a long shot. Yeah, he picked two. He picked Eric Amarola and Ryan Newman. All right. Eddie Lapine, RacingNation.com. Uh, you want to do the same thing? You want to do a uh, your your money pick and then maybe who you'd like to win, maybe, perhaps? Oh, yeah. I, I like Jimmy Johnson. I like the Chevrolet. Um and I think uh, I like your Eric Armorol as a long shot. Okay. What's interesting, uh, he was actually in the lead until turn three last year, the last lap before he was drop kicked by, uh, of course, Jeff's favorite driver, Austin Dillon. Taking a look at the lot odds here, and this is kind of interesting. Uh, if you can kind of shop around, Jeff, can't you? Uh, for odds, if you got like an inside information or somebody you really want, you can hunt around. Perfect example of that. Uh, we were looking at Paul Menard. I have him at one shop here at twenty-five to one. And what did you find? I found him at forty to one. So you know, if that that's interesting stuff right there, you can kind of shop around and get kind of a deal. Uh, looking uh, now for this one, Vegas Insider. These have most likely have been updated since qualifying because they had William Byron at twenty to one. And then Alex Bowman at twenty-two to one, which is like okay. And here, here you got Joey Logano eight to one. What, what do you have Joey Logano at? Eight to one as well. So okay. you then, know, I'm sure that uh, the, you know the Byron and the Bowman have come down because uh, you know you're not going to have the front row guys uh, that far. You know, with odds that that high. So you know, it. Uh, well, well, I think I think uh, I like the Chevrolets. I, you gotta. I mean, they've been strong all week. So, and I hate to get off the subject real quick, but I, did you know that David Hobbs is going to be honored at Long Beach? I saw year? that. Our own I, David I wanted, Hobbs, yes. I wanted to, I, I'm sorry to cut into you, Steve, but I wanted to interject that. Uh, just got that the other day that our David Hobbs is going to be honored at, at the Road Racers Drivers Club dinner. And I will. I've I've had the honor to attend a couple of those with uh, Eddie, and I, I will tell you, it is the the event of the year. It's a who's who 
if 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 a bomb this sounds awful but if a bomb went off in that room auto racing would probably cease to exist because there are so many players in the world of auto racing past and present uh that that go there it, it's an incredible turnout and uh the you know it, it i mean just it, like i said it's a who's who in auto racing from across all genres of racing attend that event and probably next to uh I would put even uh, the there's uh, the Indianapolis Speedway's uh, uh, Hall of Fame dinner is right up there, of course. But uh, those are probably the probably two of the biggest in the world of auto racing that just sees an awesome yeah, yeah, amount of people. It is amazing. We've been there. I mean, I've been there I, for ten years, so it, it's definitely great to see David. He's going to be honored there. It should be a real hoot with him there. Uh, getting back to uh, racing odds for Daytona, uh, I got uh, Brad Keselowski, who's probably, been probably the second favorite. Jeff, I think you would agree on that. Yeah, seven to one. Where, where, where do you have him at? Uh, eight to one. Eight to one. So they do a little shopping there. Probably the best deal. Let's see here. Looking here, uh, I got Jimmy Johnson twenty to one. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. He's listed as twenty five to one on mine. Uh. So yeah, you can definitely make some some money, some good money, real quick if you pick JJ and he brings it. And home. then if if we have a race like we had last night in the truck race, Matt DiBenedetto, sixty to one. Yeah, you know I. Stranger hey, things hey. have happened, haven't they? Well, Matt DiBurrito on mine is listed at <laughs> two hundred to one. Wow, two hundred to one. So just throw down ten bucks on Matt DiBurrito, and you could be rolling in the cash that's interesting eddie you got anything yeah. more to add no we're just looking forward to uh, you know the big one tomorrow for nascar it's the super bowl for them tomorrow and uh looking forward to uh, uh monterey i mean monterey geez my head's in california still i uh i'm looking forward to sebring 12 hour and the wec race uh with fernando alonso and toyota will be at Sebring next month. That should be always. Uh, that's always one of the 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 big races of the year, and uh, so looking forward to all of that. And uh, what what what's the temperature right now? In uh, you're you're in Orlando right now, correct? Uh, I think it's seventy eight. It's a little breezy though. I got a I got a long sleeve shirt on, so. <laughs> The, breaking my heart, Eddie. Yeah, breaking my and, and heart. Tomorrow, actually, Dennis was mentioning that it could actually be one of the hottest Daytona 500s ever. So we're pushing over 80, aren't we? And 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 earlier they were saying it's supposed to rain. It's it's just been really the, the weather has been up and down down here. I mean, just like you guys. I mean, you guys have gone 100 degree swings. Uh, I mean, in the negative factor, but uh, yeah, it's. It, it is really a nice day today, actually, with with the breeze. Well, so I think it, it was. It, it, I think it was yesterday oh. or Thursday. They had a hundred day party at down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Hundred days to go. Yeah, that was yesterday. Ninety nine days to go as of today. To the Indy Five Hundred, Eddie. What do you think? I'm telling you, it's just it's it's crazy. I'm like I'm looking at. I haven't even booked some of my flights yet. Usually, I do that. In, in early January, and it's 
it's coming so fast. It's amazing. It's going to be a great indie. A lot to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, with Fernando's. Oh, sorry. I I don't know if we lost Eddie. Maybe a bad cell connection or something there, but he's gone. Uh, I will throw in real quick my pick. I got Clint Boyer, my long shot, Paul Menard. I am going to go with, uh, I got to go with Joey Logano, and my long shot will be Matt DiBurrito. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. We got to get out of here. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.